the violent world of the Green Bay Packers. For Big Jim Taylor, the comfort shave is a must. For Bart Starr, the comfort shave is a must. For Paul Horner, the Norelco comfort shave is a must. Let's find out why. You know, our faces take a terrific beating during a game. After it's over, we want the comfort shave. Norelco gives it to us. Norelco with rotary blades. Rotary blades look different, are different. They stroke off whiskers with continuous rotary action. Never grab the way ordinary shavers do. Never cut or nick the way blades do. The Green Bay Packers have broken the uncomfortable shave habit. We've switched to Norelco with a comfort shave. It's looking for a stop. What the hell's going on out here? They're going to air it out. Rodgers does this better than anybody. End zone, Cobb, touchdown! R-E-L-A-X. Relax, everybody. The dark period is coming to an end. The time has come. Football is back. Finally. After what seems to be an eternity of of just absolutely nothing going on. Training camp has begun. We actually have real news to talk about concerning the 2017 Green Bay Packers. And we're going to do it all right here tonight. On Blue Cheese Radio, here on PackToTheFuture.com, I'm your host, Mike. Joined, as always, by the uh, the uh, technical issue-ridden uh, tie tonight. We, we've tried to get this show started about an hour ago. Uh, we've had one technical difficulty after another. Hopefully, we're, we're all good. We're done with it for, for the time being. Knock on wood. Uh, I don't need wood. There we go. And um, there you go. Uh so we should be locked, cock, ready to go. Let's talk some Packers training camp. How you doing tonight, man? <laughs> well, I'm better now that we're actually on time with the microphone business. It was, whew, that was some, some trials right there, but we learned some things, so we're good. We're all set, ready to go, ready to, to get back at it. We're real football. Yeah, and tonight or yesterday, whenever you want to, however you want to put it was the hall of fame game um i totally forgot all about the hall of fame game it's it's so crazy when the hall of fame game rolls around uh it, it's just it's, it's like right at the beginning of, of everybody's training camp and it just seems like it's just god they're already playing football already all right yeah it's just bam it's here and no paint issues this year so they actually played the game well I don't know. I still feel like there was some sketchiness going on with that last year because as outspoken as Mike McCarthy was about having to play the Hall of Fame game, I feel like he may have snuck out there the night before and and and, <laughs> and sabotaged that field, pulled uh, the Lombardi and turned off the heaters. Yeah, he he did a little uh, he did a little uh, Belichick in there, uh, I think last year. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like I said, I totally forgot about the game this year. Uh, Hall of Fame coming up. You were you were reading me the list off in our first take of this show, uh, but I don't even know who, who all did you say is is even getting um, into the Hall of Fame this year. I know you said LT and Terrell Davis. Uh, who else? 
Because I, I, I haven't uh, even been paying attention. I was trying to get the list up in front of me when we were having all that, but uh, you got LT, the running back LT, for anybody wondering about that. You got LT, Terrell Davis, Kurt Warner, Jason Taylor, uh, Kenny Easley, Morton Anderson, the immortal kicker himself, and Cowboys huh. owner Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones. Yeah, I yep. remember that now that you said that. So that, that would explain why I, I guess he's the Cowboys are playing. It was the Cowboys and the Cardinals yes. uh, tonight. Uh, any? Did you see any of the game, watch any highlights, anything stand out to you? Uh, I haven't actually seen any of it yet. I've just been – it's a hectic day. I didn't even go to work today. I've got this – issue with my toe i'm gonna have to have a little operation done tomorrow morning on it that'll put me down for the day damn we got the gout no 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 (laughs) (laughs) my name is not bobby hill uh no i've had it's especially from my job for any of our listeners i'm a machinist so i'm on the concrete floors for eight to 10 hours a night in those boots. And I have had a chronic issue with ingrown toenails. Mm. They hurt and they're gross and they just, uh, like I had work done on my left foot a couple years ago where I've not had an issue since knock on wood again, where they took a lot of the toenail away and just used this acid to kill the nail matrix. So it couldn't grow back. I've had that done twice now with my right big toe and I'm going through it a third time. So I'm hoping tomorrow they'll just go in, take the whole toenail away. So I never have a toenail again to grow in. And then everything will be for Ted Thompson's new word, hunky doe, whatever the hell that means. <laughs> well, now that you've thoroughly grossed everyone out, uh, <laughs> yeah, Segwaying into Ted Thompson, training camp has begun. Um, but going back to our boy, or my boy, I mean, I, I kind of claimed him last week. Uh, old Detroit guy on. Uh, yeah. Ted, Ted Thompson was asked uh, why Detroit guy on hadn't been cut yet, why he was still on the team. Uh, which is something I think a lot of people are asking at this point. This doesn't seem like a Ted Thompson, Green Bay Packers thing. If a player gets into uh, nonstop trouble, it seems like uh, they're, they're usually they're usually one, they don't usually put up with that. They'll, they'll cut bait pretty quickly. But when Ted Thompson was asked, he uh, responded, "Quote: Latroy has made some mistakes. We're just not there yet. What do you make of that?" <laughs> I, I think it's. <laughs> You take that at face value. They're just not there yet. I don't think. And what, the, think what does he have this, to? Do, what does he have to do? Beat a beat an old woman to death for them to well to maybe consider cutting him? Or I what? think. I think this has a little bit to do with Montrevious Adams' foot injury too. Yeah, they could. I be. think if he doesn't go down with the injury and is expected to miss several weeks, I don't know if. We aren't there yet with Latroy Guyon, but them's the breaks, and that's the circumstances we're in. So, you know, take take that for what it's worth. I don't know, man. Do, do you just feel like 
because for anybody that, that's not up to date, uh, Matravius Adams actually underwent foot surgery. Like, yeah, like our our, our good friend Title Town Ty here. Uh, you and Montravius Adams have a lot in common. You're going to go in foot surgery yeah. tomorrow. Uh, but Adams actually went underwent foot surgery for a stress uh, stress fracture. Ah, easy for me to say stress fracture in his foot and uh, could miss a couple of weeks uh, of camp, which is a setback for a rookie, a guy like Montravius Adams who's got all kinds of raw potential, but still needs to be molded, still needs to work. Uh, but even even if he does miss, are we that desperate for? defensive line depth at this point um, that we would keep you know, on a guy with issues like Guyon apparently has? Maybe, maybe Guyon, they may look at him as a bit of an insurance policy at nose tackle because outside of Kenny Clark, he's the only one that really can truly naturally play that position. And I, I think, I, I think Ted Thompson may be a little more all in in the same sense that Aaron Rodgers wants everybody to be all in, then he may let on. Mm-hmm. And he may kind of feel like if we can keep him and he has the talent, then that's great. Because you got to remember, too, he does not count against the 53 during his suspension. They don't have to decide what to do with LaTroy Guyon till his suspension's over. Yeah. So they've got all that extra time to just sit on that. Hmm. I mean, that, that that is a good point. Maybe that is Ted Thompson saying, look, it is a little good. Keeping him on the roster is a little bit against the grain, but the fact of the matter is uh, he, he, he can play. And right now that's what we're looking for. We're not, we're not trying to build a culture. We're not, we don't, we don't think uh, that one guy is going to come in and ruin a locker room. One I bad mean, apple ruin the bunch type of deal. Keeping uh, guy on around doesn't make us the Bengals. Yeah, exactly. It's not like keeping Latroy guy on in the locker rooms means that Randall Cobb and, and Jordy Nelson are, are going to go out on a Saturday night and you know shoot up or something. You know, whatever. I don't yeah, know. I mean, <laughs> whatever the Bengals or whatever think, the Bengals are up to these days. I, I don't know. think Devonte Adams is going to go out and shoot himself in the leg in a club or anything like that. Or you know, nobody's going to get Knock into a, a bar fight in Las Vegas, like Pac-Man Jones, we're, we're not Cincinnati and keeping guy on around is not going to make us Cincinnati. I mean, they gave Johnny Jolly a lot of chances. Yeah, that's true. Um, I don't know. I, I, I said last week, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be mad if they kept him on the roster. I just, it's just so baffling to me. It just, it really screams of blackmail. <laughs> Cause it's just not a, it's just not a Packer, Ted Thompson, Mark Murphy kind of move. None of this off season kind of has been though with some of the additions they've made. It's been a very different type of off season for Ted Thompson. That is very true. That is very true. And, uh, speaking of off season additions, looking at training camp, one of, one of my notes here, uh, Ted Thompson went out and got, Two tight ends, Martellus Bennett, Lance Kendrick. But apparently the play of the day on day five of training camp was made by our old boy Dick Rod. Yeah, but uh, Have you heard about that? I've skimmed a little bit. Just trying to... Well, apparently Richard... Well, apparently Richard Rogers made the play of the day. Final play of practice on day five, making a, a jumping catch over a defender in the end zone for a touchdown like to see more of that. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. I just thought that was noteworthy, being that everyone has pretty much written Richard Rogers off. Oh, definitely. Uh, with with Bennett and, and Kendricks around. So, uh, it's good to see. Maybe it's maybe it'll light a fire under him. Maybe he'll be... Maybe Kendricks will be the the number three tight end, and he'll move. He'll still be a number two. Very possible. Or who the hell knows? Doesn't you know? And that's the thing when you have three good tight ends, you don't really have to, you know, stick to it. it you can change with, when it comes to different packages and stuff. You know, kind of like back in the day when uh, uh, we had uh, oh, what's his face with all the tattoos, Tom Crabtree. Yeah, Crabtree would see some work. He would. He he was like what a three or four tight end. At, at best, the, but, and I mean, he yeah. got some work in, though. Yeah, so that's the thing. Having three good tight ends doesn't mean just because you're a number three tight end, you'll never see the field. So, uh, I don't know, I thought that was interesting. But a guy that will not see the field this year, cornerback uh, Herb Waters, out for the season with a shoulder injury. Yeah, Herb Waters was getting a lot of praise and a lot of talk coming out of OTAs and as a guy that really made a big second year, uh, big jump in, in year two, as, as Mike McCarthy always talks about. But uh, he apparently suffered a shoulder injury, will be out for the season. Uh, what do you think of this? I really hate it. I think Herb Waters, from everything that was being said, had a slim chance. I mean, I, I'm not even going to say a slim chance. I think with what we've heard, about Herb Waters, I think he could have really been a guy to push Dimitri Goodson out the door. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, Goodson's not even taking reps right now. He's still kind of on the rehab train. And I just really hate to see that for the young guy. He was making the transition from receiver to corner, you know, in the NFL, not doing it in college. So it's ten times harder when you look at the uh, the competition he's facing and – yeah, I, I hope it doesn't derail his career. I would love to see him, you know, still with the team next year, get another chance next preseason. I was looking forward to seeing him in the preseason this year. But, you know, that's, yeah, that's how it goes. Too. The players in the NFL are dropping like flies right now. I think uh, I think it may have been John yeah, Clayton you hear about tweeted out. Tannehill's injury? Yeah, and that was before. He's probably out for the year. I saw the John Clayton tweet. This morning, actually, um, eight players across the league in the last six days have blown out their ACLs. Wow, really? Yeah. That includes Forrest Lamp over in uh, yeah, well, yeah, what was that. San Diego, but now L.A. And then I saw just before we did the show, Tannehill will have to have season-ending knee uh, knee surgery. So Kaepernick's going to be playing in Miami then, huh? Yeah, that's what people are saying. <laughs> but, I mean, it's just... You know what? And, I've, and sh- I, I've shit on Colin Kaepernick for so long now that the more I read about the dude, the more I like him. I, I feel like, yeah, he is getting a raw deal at the t- right now just, just because it's not his fault. It's not really the team's fault that won't sign him either. It's just it is what it is. As soon as they sign him, it's going to be a media frenzy and no team wants to put up with that. Um, well, but just just all the charitable work and all the stuff that he's doing right now, it's kind of it's one of those. It's such a weird situation with Colin Kaepernick right now, where it's like one of those few moments 
in, in, in sports period where you see a player literally mature and find themselves in the middle of their career and completely change who they are. Because when Kaepernick first started, he was just kind of like that. Just he was just a dumb kid. It was just like, yeah, what's up, man? What's up? You know? Yeah. And now he's like, he kind of, he's just a complete one eighty. He's a completely different person than well, what he was. Like I was reading the other day about how he was, he spent like tons of money to buy suits and stuff to give to homeless people to yeah. find work and stuff like that. Like that's just, I don't know. I just think that's really cool. The unfortunate thing for Kaepernick <clears throat> is he has found this maturity in his life at the same time that his skills as a quarterback saw regression like I've never seen in my entire time watching football. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, and he did not he have a good team good. around him. I'll give him exactly. that. Exactly. I mean, that's the thing. He team, was never... But... Kaepernick was but, never a dynamite quarterback to begin with. He wasn't carrying the 49ers. He was just that guy that could make a big play on a really good team that kind of got him to the Super Bowl. You couldn't yeah. – he's just one of those quarterbacks you can't surround with garbage. He's not Aaron Rodgers. You can surround Aaron Rodgers with garbage, and, and he can you know make chicken salad out of chicken shit. Kaepernick ain't that guy. But that's the thing is Kaepernick wants to be a franchise quarterback, and he's not. And yeah. if he gets a backup role – I think that's fine. I think he's a backup. He's going to have to accept backup money. I think the issue, the issue for me is you've got a lot of the talking heads out here making it about race and about the protests. And yes, I'm sure some teams don't want the media circus, but teams are not going after Colin Kaepernick as a starting quarterback because he has not shown in two full seasons that he can be a starting quarterback at this point. He's going to have to accept that he's going to have to go in and battle for a job. And if he's willing to do that and willing to take the kind of money, the kind of salary cut that it's going to take to get that opportunity, that's fine. And I'll have respect for him if he's willing to do that. Well, that's the thing. He's, through this whole thing, he you really haven't heard much of anything from him. You don't know what kind of money great. he's looking for. You don't know what he's, he's just kind of like, I think in the last month or so he was over in some country, like just, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what, but he hasn't been, he hasn't been bringing the attention to himself. The attention's just been. The attention's manuf- been from places like ESPN. Exactly. It's been manufactured and, by the media around him. Yeah. And I don't hold that against Colin Kaepernick. At all. He's kept his no. mouth shut, and that's fine. I have a lot more respect for a guy that's going to keep his head down and do some work and not run his mouth, not make it about an issue that it's not about. Yeah. So, I mean, and if he is telling teams he's willing to come in and fight for a job and accept backup-type money and they're still apprehensive about signing him, then, uh, you know, that's, that's bull to me. I mean, I think if... If you've got a guy who's willing to say, yeah, I'll take a pay cut and I'll come in and do the work, you got to give him a chance, especially if you're a team who's quarterback needy like the Dolphins now are, like the Ravens could be. Well, see, that's <clears throat> I can almost see where the teams are coming from as well because it's almost like it's just been a powder keg. And it's just been well, teams growing went through and it growing with and growing. Exactly. As soon as, as as soon as Kaepernick gets signed to a team, every media, ESPN, Fox Sports, whatever, 
they're going to that team and it's going to be a, a, a madhouse. It's going to be a circus. It's going to be, oh, here's Colin Kaepernick taking the first snaps as a Miami Dolphin. Here's Colin Kaepernick at his locker room. Here's what it's just going to be. It's going to be it's going to be the same shit we saw with Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre. It's just going to be. But a that's going to have to be up to Kaepernick too, to not give anyone a story. It's going to be nope. up to him to to try to uh, honestly pull a Belichick and not really answer questions. I think that would be the best course of action for him because the media is going to get bored pretty fast. Yeah, I mean they will, uh, but even if, I don't know. I, I just feel like. Somebody's going to take a chance on him. It's so I mean, much somebody bigger than will. sports. It's inevitable. Now, it's so much bigger no, than I sports agree. now, though. I can see even CNN picking up on something. You know, it's good. Even they're going to be paying yeah. attention to this. Like, well, and, and that's the conundrum. And, you know, I I get his. I get what he did was to send a message, and it was for a reason. No, I don't agree with the method. That's one thing. I don't. It's free speech, though. It doesn't matter that I don't agree with it. He has the right to do that. He had the right to kneel during the national anthem because that's part of living in our country. You have the right to express yourself without fear of uh, prosecution and things like that, you know, within within reason. Mm-hmm. But I also hate for him, and they made a really good point of this. I think it was on, it may have been Tom Looney on Fox sports. I can't remember exactly who it was. Uh, talked about how the message got lost because of the method and everybody got so wrapped up in him kneeling for the anthem that the focus was on the method and not the message. Mm -hmm. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah. So, I agree, you know, and I just think it's also—I don't know, I don't know. Like I said, it just seemed like a, a guy that went from during the off season, just—I don't know. It, it doesn't seem like doesn't seem contrived. He, he seems pretty true to his convictions, which is good because at no, first he when, seems genuine. when he first started doing it, and he, you would hear him talk, and you would hear him say stupid shit, like you know. Uh, uh, he would just say things that that. that well, he played. People he tried to play the know. part like he had been underprivileged, and we know that yeah. Colin Kaepernick has never been wanting for privilege in his entire life. He ra- he was raised by well-off parents in a well-off community, went to a good school. He's never had to want for anything. Yeah, exactly. So he seemed can't like play one of those. Part, he seemed but... like one of those kids you'd see at a coffee shop that was raised in a white middle middle class suburban area that with, with grew up wanting for nothing, and then they get older, start smoking pot, and then they're sitting in a coffee shop with dreadlocks talking about white privilege. You know what I'm talking about? Like yeah. it's what it came off as at first, but uh, you know, as the more time has went on, the more that I've seen that he's actually putting actions behind his his words or whatever. I, I don't know. I, I think, I think he's, I don't know. It's just, it's such a, it's just a interesting thing to me. I think everybody's focused on the wrong thing. Like you said, they're more focused on the yeah. kneeling instead of just, you know, why, why is it, why is it such a bad thing for him to, 
to express himself and and use his celebrity or whatever to you know why is that so condemnable but yet there are people there 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 are guys playing in the NFL right now that are beating their girlfriends wives uh killed dogs i mean just just name it yeah like, we'll, we'll forgive everything well, adrian and- peterson can beat the shit out of his kid like there's no tomorrow and yeah. he, he he's got a job anywhere he wants it uh but i don't know it's well, just, all it's, all it's gonna take is one team one team somebody will sign colin kaepernick i think before the preseason's over he will be on a roster all it took was for the eagles to sign mike vick yeah all it takes is one team and i think it's going to be baltimore or it's going to be miami now so just something to something to watch yeah yeah not to compare michael what michael vick did to uh what Colin Kaepernick is doing, <laughs> but um, but back to what we were talking about. We just went on a nice fifteen minute little uh, sidebar there. <laughs> oh well, um, but this Herb Waters situation. Back to Herb Waters, M- moving from Colin Kaepernick to Herb Waters. Twenty five minutes in, we're already a very strange show tonight. Um, but check this. Uh, this is this is my theory. I think Herb Waters has really shown the coaches something and and OTAs and the first week of of training camp. And I think they really like what they have. And I think they will really like what they have next year. So, yeah, I, I feel like this may be stash players all the time. Exactly. I feel like this may be a Mike McCarthy thing where he's like, look, we got a pretty, we got a pretty deep defensive back room right now. You know, they got, Devon House, Kevin King, Ladarius Gunter, Quentin Rollins, uh, Demarius Randall. Uh, it would be very hard for Herb Waters to make the team this year. But I think if they just stack, because if they just put him on IR, they don't have to worry about cutting him. They don't have to worry about losing him. Um, their rights, his rights, belong to to the Packers. I I assume is is that correct? Well, yes and no. Because he he's a practice squad player. Practice squad guys are technically free agents, though he's not a practice squad player right now. Yeah, you know he's part of the roster. So, so if I they mean, just if put him on IR, put on if he's, he's put on IR, then yeah, they they yeah, own. That's what I meant. His rights at least until the next uh, next off season, which I'm sure he'll probably want to stay stay where he is. Yeah, that's what I was getting at. So I think maybe this is just some, I don't know, maybe, maybe maybe it's not. Maybe he is actually hurt and he will be out for the season. But I think maybe he just, maybe got a, one of those quote-unquote shoulder injuries and they put him on IR just, uh, just to make sure they hang on to him for another year and where he'll have a better shot at making the team next year. Um, Because teams have done that before. Uh, it's not uncommon. Well, I mean, the, and the only hurdle is that he'll have to clear waivers. At this point in the off season, he he was added to the waived injured list. So as long as he clears waivers, then yeah, they can go ahead and stash him on IR. So when they put him on IR, uh, even if they put him on IR now, he still has to clear waivers. Like somebody else can pick him up. 
Even if he's on well, IR. Well, he's got to clear waivers first. He's not technically on IR yet. He's got to clear waivers right now. That comes first, which I, I think he probably will. Mm-hmm. And after he clears waivers, then they can put him on IR. Because right now he's on the waived slash injured list. That's weird. I mean, like, if, if a player's hurt... Yeah, it's it's very odd. Why would another team want to pick him up? <laughs> you know? You just you just never know. And, I mean, he does get a lot of high praise from Joe Witt, which I'm, I tend to take his words with a lot of weight because he's, like we talked about before, he's one of the best assistant coaches in the league. He does some pretty tremendous things with oftentimes what little he's been given in the past. Yeah. And, I mean, to convert this wide receiver to a corner, Witt even gone as far as to say that he's pleased where he is because he has what he called Sam Shields type ability in his body. And, you know, whether or not he'll tap into that, he don't know, but he's learned to be more aggressive in coverage with his checks, his uh, zone coverage. He's really learned to use his hands better as a corner. So, I mean, he's come a long way. It's just, yeah, you hate to see it. And I hope he clears waivers. I hope he stays with the team. I hope we're, we'll at least get to see him next preseason. Yeah, I because I, I definitely want to see him. I Because uh, I even talked about last year. I think he was a wide receiver last year, wasn't he? Didn't he come? Yeah. To, yeah. yeah, he started I, making the transition to corner like mid-season. Yeah, and I just love his name. Just sounds like an old-school Lombardi Packer. <laughs> yeah. Herb Waters. So... I don't know. Well, and, uh, you know, this opened up another spot. His spot has actually been filled. The team signed uh, undrafted rookie defensive tackle from Arizona, who was a tryout player, Ayalua Fanene. Easy for you to say. Great name. Yeah. <laughs> Gazentai. Yeah, they probably picked him up for the, uh, the Adams injury, uh, I think. Probably. So, just some... Some depth to add there, uh, but yeah, I read that earlier too. I don't, I, I don't, I don't know what his shot, what his chances are of making the team, but um, <clears throat> we shall see. Uh, but sticking with the cornerbacks, and speaking of shoulder injuries, Kevin King actually misses uh, missed practice today, I believe, or maybe it was. Just uh, no, he was actually back for this night back? practice. Okay, well, yeah. I saw where he had missed practice with a shoulder injury, and it was. Cause it, cause after yeah, I read that, time, I went on he's Facebook been back for a couple saw, days, I believe. Yeah, because I read that he missed with shoulder injury. Then, as soon as I went on Facebook, and I saw a, a headline on one of those, you know those, those goddamn Facebook pages that you like, like Packers fans around the world or Packers fans in America, or you know those things, <laughs> and they always post these this clickbait shit. <laughs> I tried to yeah. get rid of as much of that as possible, but I, I clicked on it today because I said because it said rookie cornerback to miss uh, out for the season, and I was like, oh Jesus, here we go, Kevin King already out for the season, here we go. It was Herb Waters, but uh, yeah, it, yeah. It, it gave me it gave me a little scare earlier when I saw that. But it, but he's back at practice though. You said. Well, here's the interesting thing with King is that he. You know, he's been back a little bit. He just missed Tuesday, but he's back tonight. 
and what we talked about with Joe Witt, and I think one of the interesting things is, is Witt said on Wednesday that he was going to ask Aaron Rodgers to challenge Kevin King more at practice. Yeah, I saw He got that. his wish tonight immediately. King came back. He got picked on by Rodgers, and Rodgers and Nelson put the old back shoulder throw on him for a touchdown in a team drill. Mm. I mean, he from the report, it says that he really challenged Kevin King three times in the two-minute drill on passes to Nelson. All three were complete, including the touchdown. Kevin King didn't look bad from uh, reports, but Aaron Rodgers and Jordy Nelson are just great. So I mean, you can't. Yeah, that's a tough really matchup. A rookie to, <laughs> to stack up on that, but I mean, that's a tough that's matchup for a, season a matter bad, of. So. Yeah, I mean, that's so to me. That's kind of a matter of. Yeah, you might be kind of a de facto first round pick, but you need to understand your place and how far you have to go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, I like that though. I, I think that's. That's kind of seeing what you have in a guy that, that may not start right away, but you kind of want to see what he'll do against star quality players. Because if Kevin oh, King yeah. starts and he he's lining up across from Julio Jones or Antonio Brown or somebody like that, uh, and he's just been playing against you know second and third stringers all season and preseason, you know, uh, good luck with that. Because uh, it's easy to look good against yeah, and- against you know, lesser quality players. But when you're actually having to go head to head against the top players in the league, I think that's when you kind of come back down to earth and it's like, okay, I got more work to do. So uh, I dig that. Yeah. And, and Joe Witt even said that as tall as he is, as long as his arms are, a lot of footballs don't even get thrown his way just because of his length alone. Yeah. And that he can play press. So, you know, guys are going to tend to look the other way a little bit, but he said that he's going to continue to ask Aaron Rodgers to throw more his way just to see what he can cover. And he hasn't given a lot a lot of completions, but, uh, you know, as long as he keeps passing the test, because he's going to continue to run with the starters as long as he keeps looking decent. Mm-hmm. And they want him to get as much experience against Aaron Rodgers and the ones as possible. Yeah, and uh, you know, a guy that that Joe Witt has actually spoken really high of that could actually surprise a lot of people and actually may fight his way into that a starting role on the defense is a second round pick from a couple of years ago, Quentin Rollins. Uh, Joe Witt yeah. has actually been quoted as saying Quentin Rollins is pretty much outplayed everybody the first week of camp uh, in terms of the cornerback. So, what do you make of that? Uh, surprising. It is. It's very surprising. Very surprising. Because he, he's almost quit. I mean, he's kind of been kind the of, forgotten man. Exactly. He's kind of been an afterfall, uh, afterthought. And you forget that he's, he's actually a second round pick. I mean, he looked pretty terrible at times last year, but apparently he's come back and, yeah. and has pretty much, uh, as Joe Witt said, been the, been the best cornerback on the field uh, the first week of camp. I mean, no way. It's it's the preseason, so yeah. You know, I'm not gonna get get overly excited for anything because that's that's what it is. But I mean, when he's out there making plays, he's out there making plays. What else is there to say? Yeah, I mean that's 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 what you want to hear, though. 
Uh, I haven't heard much about Demarius Randall yeah. or Ladarius Gunter. I think... Um, I read the other day. I forget who they're starting. I think they're starting House. Are they starting House and King with the ones right now? Yeah, that's the starting duo at this point. And I think uh, Rollins and Gunter are running with the twos. I, I can't remember what it is at this point. But what do you? I would say that's probably the most likely scenario. Yeah, have you heard much about what they're doing with Old Sleepy Wonder? Is he stepping up at all, making any making any uh, waves in camp? Um, see, I had some quick hits, some stock stock stuff on some guys at camp, and I think I lost it, but I can pull it back up real quick. Yeah, there we go. Stock watch. Um, you know he he's actually listed in stock down. Hmm. Right now, he, you know, it's, it's only been a week in, in camp, but reports are saying that it looks like he may be slipping just a little bit in the competition because Randall's having such a good camp. You mean Rollins? And, or, I mean, Rollins, yeah, Rollins has had such good camp. He's been taking snaps away from Demarius Randall with the ones in sub packages as the nickel. So, I mean, they've started to fall off a little bit for Randall. He's... <laughs> I don't know. It's going to be you, a battle. I that's told for you, sure. I swiped left last week. I told you, you should yeah, have swiped There's left. a lot to be seen. <laughs> there is, but, you know. <clears throat> but I was very surprised to hear about Rollins, though. Uh, happily surprised. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, looking at the offense, though, uh, a v- a very, another surprising name has been turning heads at camp. Uh, we all love Ripkowski. We all love the Ripper, but apparently Joe Carriage, the the backup fullback, yeah. has actually been turning heads in camp. Apparently, just been plowing through people uh, on the defense. Uh, he was he he was on the team last yeah, year. I mean, because it was at that point in the year where we were down on a lot of running backs, so Ripkowski was pretty much our first or second running back at one point, and Carriage was the fullback. Uh, Man, the, the the issue is now, I guess, if Joe Carriage, if he can he make the team at this point? Because you got you still got Ty Montgomery, you got the three rookies, you got Ripkowski. Can you afford to keep Joe Carriage, especially with a full wide receiver room? And uh, what do you? Uh, you know, a lot of that depends to me on what goes on elsewhere with the roster, but I still think Ribkowski is more of the the clear keeper yeah. at fullback because he's got that game experience. He is a good pass blocker. He is a good run blocker. He can run the ball. He can catch the ball. There's just a bigger sample size there. With Ripkowski. I read a tweet the other day. Somebody called him the, the next Mike Allstott. <laughs> apparently he caught a... Ripkowski? Yeah, apparently he caught a, a a screen the other day and took it 20 yards for a touchdown from Aaron Rodgers. Just breaking tackle after tackle. Ooh, that's some that's some high praise. Yeah. yeah that was a big Mike Allstott I'm not ready to call anybody... Yeah, I'm, I'm not ready to call any fullback the next... Mike Allstott, yeah. unless I see something that just makes me go, oh, God. 
Although I'll tell but, you what, some of those runs last year with Rupkowski did make me stand up and jump for joy a few times. Oh yeah, some of those. So. Yeah, I mean he don't go down. No, uh, when he fumbled uh, in that Atlanta game, I, I don't know about all that, but uh, you know, <laughs> that was the beginning of a, a very but dark I... game, but. Um, but yeah, Joe Carriage turning heads. Oh, it's a, the Mike Allstott comparison. That's that's got me all twisted up now. I haven't heard that, and that's something. That's a lot of that's a lot of expectations to heap on the young guy, even yeah, at this point. That's pretty big hype. Uh, it may have been a tweet that somebody at camp right as the play happened. They were just like, "Oh my god, that was the most amazing thing!" I got to tweet this shit out right now. Yeah, exactly. Uh, in the moment, you know. You know what though. Speaking of running backs, you know, these guys in the backfield, Jamal Williams continues to impress. Yeah. He's been Apparently, actually he, some work he with has the been the most he he's had the most uh the most notable and the best performance as a consistent pass blocker in the team and one on one drills. Yeah. Do you think maybe he's got the most experience doing it? Yeah, I mean, like you said, he's getting reps with the starters, and he's protecting those reps. Yeah. Uh, Ty Montgomery maybe going to be on watch. Maybe the pass protection, because pass protection gets overlooked so much when it comes to running backs. And Ty Montgomery, yeah. you know, uh, is a hell of a playmaker. And I hope the Packers use him kind of the way the Patriots have used, like Kevin Falk and, and those type of running backs over the years where they, you know, start in the backfield – go out wide, go into the slot, do a billion different yeah, things. Shane Vereen, yeah. those type of yeah, guys. Yeah, exactly. I think Ty Montgomery is a, is a bigger version of that, uh, uh, a guy that can do that and actually you know, make wide receiver catches. When, good God, the pictures of Montgomery that have come <laughs> out of camp, that dude is jacked. He's, I think he's – I think I'm excited to see him because I feel like he's he's on a mission to prove people wrong. I think he's he wants to. Well, he's listed at two sixteen. He's yeah, at least two twenty. Yeah, he's, he's two twenty minimum. Because I've seen him. I think he's on a mission to. I think that's why he just he wanted to keep that eighty eight because he kept hearing. I think he keeps hearing these people in the media being like, "Oh, well, you know, Aaron Rodgers has a running back that wears the number eighty eight. I mean, how how good can he be? Oh, he's a receiver. Yeah, what, what kind of bullshit is that? I think he was like, I'm going to keep this eighty eight. And I'm going to be one of the best running backs in the league wearing number 88. And maybe you guys will pay attention. I, I think I'm excited. I think he's pissed off. I, I think he's really determined to to do some good things this year. Hopefully he can stay healthy, though. Agreed. Hopefully he can stay healthy. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a big thing for a lot of players on this team is health. That's, that's every year. And the way it's looking, that's league-wide this year because – like I said, players are just dropping left and right right now. Yeah, but I specifically but, say that for Montgomery. Know, if they settle, I specifically say that with Montgomery because he was he had the ankle injury his rookie year. He was he was pretty banged up near the end of last year. He was some pretty much pretty ineffective in the playoffs uh, for the most part dealing well, with that injury. So that's the question too. Going from receiver to running back, it's a more punishing position. Yeah, exactly. And that's where a lot of the negative talk comes from. It was like, oh, it's a receiver playing running back. He can't hold up for a whole season. He'll never be a 20-carry-a-game type of guy. You know what? If he comes out and proves everybody wrong, that's awesome. Yeah. That's huge for this team if he comes out. 
and ends up being the type of playmaker that he was against the Bears. Oh my God, that that that's what I want to see. The, there's two or three runs in that that game yeah. that I'll watch over and over again. I'm just like a gif, a gif. I don't know how you say it. How is it a gif or a gif? I uh, you know what? At this point, it depends on the person. <laughs> to me, but. And, and, you know, he's even gone off and said that his balance is better now than it was last year trying to play the position. He's had a chance to to learn the plays as a running back. Yeah. And now it's not just it's not just boiling down to, okay, I need to do this. He understands why Well, he does certain things on certain plays. And he didn't have to watch his weight this offseason. He felt like he didn't have to worry about, I need to be 215 or less. Yeah. I can't get any bigger than this. So he was able to, he's at a more comfortable, what he called his natural weight at this point. And that can go a long way for a player's mental mindset too, and not feeling fatigued. Yeah. And then, you know, I think it'll, uh, I think it's one of the most exciting things I heard about Ty Montgomery uh, I think I may have heard this. Uh, hell, it may have been the, the the PTTF podcast I was listening to the other day, where they were talking about he was working with a. Uh, uh, I can't remember who it, I can't think of his name, but he was he's like he's a guy that works with running backs, and he teaches you know patience and and finding your hole and all that stuff. And he's the same yeah. guy that's worked with uh, Le'Veon Bell and and quite a few running backs in the league. I think that's exciting because I well, think if you give – I think given Ty Montgomery, showing what he showed he can do against, you know, the Bears last year and some of the plays he made, I think giving him a full offseason of, all right, focus on being a running back. Don't worry about the wide receiver stuff. Just focus on being a running back. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm just so excited for Montgomery. <laughs> I'm ready to see him. In well, and, and I read, too – that uh, he had been working out in California through the offseason with Melvin Gordon and Adrian Peterson. Yeah, I've heard that too. So he spent the summer uh, picking Peterson's brain because he had never met him before. But uh, hmm. Gordon introduced him, and he picked his brain in the offseason. He worked with Melvin Gordon in the offseason, who is, you know, when healthy, a very, very good running back. Yeah. You know, a top top level guy, and you know all these little things could could really stack up. And I'm looking for some big things out of Ty Montgomery this year. Well, you better be looking over his shoulder because Jamal Williams. I'm telling you, I, I talked about how much I like oh, yeah. this dude coming out of college. As soon as I watched some of the tape and and looked into him God, after he was drafted, that could be a could be a good one two punch. That could be a hell of a one two punch though. <laughs> To keep those to keep each other fresh, because yeah. they, you know, I'm sure it seems to me like they may end up having similar running styles, and just like Eddie Lacy and James Starks, to keep those guys fresh and just they could wear defense down and really frustrate a defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I think I, I just I, I just have a feeling. I think the. I think the Packers are going to go back to more of a passing attack on offense. I think they're going to spread the ball. They're going to use a billion different looks. Because think about what you got. I think they're going to look more like what the New England Patriots 
in terms of, like I mentioned earlier, in, t- in terms of Ty Montgomery being able to go out wide or go in the slide or coming out of the backfield. And you also got Martellus Bennett. Yeah. You I got mean, a tight not... end like Bennett who can line up anywhere on the field. They have so many weapons and so many pieces to play with right now that if 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 they come out and we just and 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 it's the same old same old same old I, I'm just gonna be very disappointed. But I think if it, it, they're just they're just yeah, gonna I mean, spread they, it they out have an and be and just dink and dunk all the way down the field. <laughs> I, mean, I can't wait. Well, and one thing too. They they're not going to be a run first team. They're never going to be a run first team as long as they have Rodgers and McCarthy. All that they're worried about is making sure that teams respect the run. Yeah, that's all you got to do. What we didn't have in 2011, and that was the downfall of this team in 2011. Is teams started sitting back in a cover two, daring the Packers to run, and they couldn't do it. Yeah. Along came Eddie Lacy. Teams couldn't sit back and cover two anymore because Lacey was even running against a stacked box. But see, like, do, so, I mean, in my opinion, though, I feel you like don't the need to. I feel like the Packers. I feel like when they got Eddie Lacey, I feel like they started to get away because I feel like if they would have just kept a pass happy offense, kind of like what they had in 2011, but also had a guy like Eddie Lacey. I feel like after they got Lacey, they kind of yeah. tried to be more of a power run team than than what they are. They're not a power run team. Yeah, and and I I don't think the I don't think what's going to work for this team is going to be closer to a fifty fifty attack, which is where I think Mike McCarthy was trying to steer the team, yeah. even to sixty forty pass to run. I think this team. I think this team is going to operate at its best at more of a 70-30 split. I do too. I think you get I think you get Ty Montgomery and Jamal Williams or whoever. Uh you get them 20 to 25 carries combined and you you let Aaron Rodgers throw it 30, 35, 40 times. I think that's the key. I think just lining it up and Yeah, a, let him sling yeah, it. Yeah, just lining it up and and power sets, heavy sets with a fullback and three tight ends or whatever the hell they were. Well, cause there were just times when they had Eddie Lacey, they were just like, we're just going to be, we're going to, we're going to run the ball and run the ball and run the ball. And it's like, you got Aaron Rodgers. It'd be like, it'd be like having Tom Brady or Peyton Manning and, and trying to, trying to play, you know, Marty Schottenheimer football. You know what I mean? Marty ball, you know, I don't know. Well, and there's the thing too is, I don't feel like Eddie Lacy had the speed to really run the draw effectively. I think you yeah. can see the draw play become something big in this offense because you got Jamal Williams, you got Ty Montgomery, you got these guys that have more speed than Lacy did, mm-hmm. but also they have power in their own right. So, you know, you talk about spreading the field. If they come out with some kind of wicked passing attack, you're going to see a lot of lanes wide open for them to run the draw out of the shotgun. Yeah. Even out of single back formations. Yeah. It's just, it's going to add a lot. If, like you said, if we don't see the creativity return to this team and return to the play calling for this team, then it's time to start questioning what McCarthy's doing. I I just, I think, I think just the fact that they, decided after last season that Ty Montgomery is going to be our starting running back. 
I think that tells you everything you need to know about where Mike McCarthy's head's at and where this team's going. We're riding on the back of Aaron Rodgers and his arm and these receivers, the fact that they drafted two wide receivers, uh, the fact that they brought in Martellus Bennett and Lance Kendricks and just really loaded up in terms of the weapons on this team. I think that just that tells you where yeah. where their head's at right now. And I think they want to get more creative. They want to do more uh, than what they have been doing. When you had Richard Rodgers as your starting tight end and, you know, I, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they've been a little hamstrung with talent at certain positions. And, you know, one position where they're definitely not hamstrung is receiver. And we've talked about the possibility to keep it seven and how many receivers there are. And I'll be damned if another one ain't come along that's making some real noise. And that's Michael Clark. Who the hell is Michael this Clark? Six foot six. <laughs> is that the guy exactly. from the Green Mile? And Has he joined the team? <laughs> that's Michael Clark <laughs> oh, Duncan. Oh. Who's Michael yeah, Clark? And, you mentioned this to this me dude, earlier. You texted it to me, and I was like, just save it for the show because I don't know who the hell it is. Explain it to me and our audience together because I haven't heard of this guy. Well, Michael Clark is an undrafted receiver, obviously. A guy that I've never heard of, you've never heard of. Who the hell's Michael Clark? <laughs> well... <sighs> There's there's not much on him out there. I mean, at all. He uh, he played for Marshall in college. He's wearing number eighty nine right now. James Jones' old number. Oh. He's another Lakewood, Florida product coming out of high school. But this dude, he lists at six seven. A lot of people say six six, two hundred and twelve to two hundred and fifteen pounds. And by all accounts. This young man has been making highlight catch after highlight catch after highlight catch. And he's got the hops to go with it. I mean, like Mike McCarthy likes to talk about stacking success. This guy is stacking success. And, you know, he he had some kind of... I wish I could see the video from it, but apparently he made some kind of ridiculous leap and caught a ball that had all the other wide receivers just mouths gaping in disbelief <laughs> over Ladarius Gunter. So that's not a small cornerback to make a play over no. for one. So this dude, I'd say if, if this can carry over from practice into the preseason, He's got to at least make the practice squad because I mean he's he's probably still pretty raw because we haven't heard anything about him period so I'm sure he's still got you know some work to do but with that frame and that height whew, if this dude could put something together and and they can hide him on the practice squad and really try to develop him what a weapon he could be. That's exciting. I'm going to look into that. I was actually, uh, we were talking about this before we got on the got on the air tonight. Uh, I was actually watching a video of the uh, Packers wide receivers doing the drill where they uh, are standing right in front of the, the ball machine, the machine that shoots the ball out 100 miles an hour. 
And uh, right in front of it, Jordy Nelson caught every one of them with ease. Randall Cobb caught every one of them with ease. Devontae Adams caught every one of them with ease. Every other receiver on the team couldn't couldn't catch one to save their life. It would just blow right through their hands. <laughs> Which is to show where our top three yeah. wide receivers are right now in the pecking order. Um, but I did remember seeing uh, a big dude wearing number 89 uh, who didn't seem to struggle as much as the other receivers did. I think he actually caught one of them. Him and then uh, number one, Pearson. He was he he was making the making the catch, but outside of those two guys, another wide receiver that I actually read heard some good things about uh, earlier today actually is Max McCaffrey. Uh, Aaron Rodgers actually laid out the challenge yeah. to both Brett Hundley and Joe Callahan to go out and uh, and make Max McCaffrey your go to target, and apparently Max McCaffrey has been catching everything thrown his way so far in camp. Yeah, I mean he he is showing some some real ability to be a to be very consistent. I mean they the younger quarterbacks have even reached the point that they're joking about who Max prefers as a quarterback and who is claiming him as their primary receiver because he's having such a great camp. Mm-hmm. You know, this is just more of a logjam at receiver. What are we going to do? You know, he was with the team last year on the practice <laughs> squad. I, exactly. <laughs> but he's making a lot of plays. Yeah. And he's the he's I mean, the brother of uh, Christian McCaffrey, making... isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's what I thought. Yeah. And, and the talk is that his recent surge is due in a massive part to his efforts to improve as a route runner. Mm-hmm. He played at Duke, and Duke used a very spread out, very speed based offense. And uh, McCaffrey actually is quoted as saying his task on each passing play was to make it to a specific spot on the field as quickly as possible. That technique was not as important as speed and timing. So, you know, the finer points of route running were never taught, never really sharpened to him. And. He had to really relearn route running when he came to the Packers. And this is the type of offense that if you're going to learn route running, you need to do it, you need to do it right, and you need to do it fast. Mm-hmm. All three things that Jeff Janis has failed at. <laughs> well, leave it leave it to Duke to do a disservice to their, uh, to their players. I mean, that's the thing about like college yeah, football. Right. It's like the, all the... It just seems like so many of these teams are just doing their players a disservice by, you know, they're more interested, I guess, instead of not well, teaching that's these, basics. That's a lot of the spread offenses in college yeah, football. Yeah, I mean, that's why it's, it's so hard to find time. It's about spreading NFL the field as wide as you can. Because, yeah, and your, your best, your most athletic players generally go to the offensive side of the ball in college football. Mm-hmm. So... You know that's where you have a lot of these these receivers that stand out more and things like that. But they there are not many colleges that aren't running some form of spread right now, whether that's a traditional spread or a hybrid West Coast spread or you know the old air raid or something of that nature where it's spread it out and get open. Yeah. 
And that's what McCaffrey's been taught. So he's pretty much having to learn just basic technique all over again. Or just from the beginning, I guess. So, uh, But yeah. like I said, what do we do with all these wide receivers? <laughs> I mean, I know it's just the first week of camp. And, you know, you you're don't just, know. It's and not like all these receivers are going to be the next, uh, you know, Randy Moss or anything. But Well, no. Uh, but it's exciting to hear good things from these guys you've never heard of. It, you never know. Well, even Trevor Davis. Trevor Davis is really turning heads right now, too, because he's packed on a little more muscle. I just read the other day, I can't remember who it was, but he laid a block on somebody. I think it may have been one of the linebackers he laid a block on, and the talk from practice was that he put him back airborne <laughs> a few feet. Just laid a nasty block on somebody and decleated him. Trevor Davis is a, is a smaller guy too. I mean that's yeah. big for him. <clears throat> so, yeah, I mean he yeah, he's he's added about ten pounds huh. to his frame, but that still only puts him at about one ninety six. <laughs> so I mean he's still he's not going to be mistaken for Martellus Bennett, that's for sure. But he has the blazing speed. He's added more strength and size, and oddly enough, he made a tape in the off season showcasing his ability to catch punts <laughs> and send it to the special teams department in Green yeah, Bay. I saw that. Just to try to show them that he wants that job. So, I mean, that's great. I love that. I mean, we saw hey, we awesome. saw what he could do last year and then the, the Atlanta game midway through the season when he uh, almost took a punt to the house. Um, I think it was actually the same game yeah. where he caught that Donald Driver-like touchdown uh, in the end zone. Uh right there on the sideline. Oh, that was great. Yeah. So we've seen, we, we've seen what he can do. It's just consistency. And cause then he, after he muffed a punt, I believe, I think we barely saw him again for the rest of the season. Um, so yeah, yeah I mean, I've, I've heard good things about Trevor Davis as well. They like Trevor Davis. I think poor Jeff Janice. I mean, I think the Janice hype train is running out of steam. <laughs> Oh, I'd say he's out. At this point, I don't look for Janice to make this team. I don't either. I think it's going to be really, really hard. Um, but I got one more note here. <clears throat> uh, another thing to cover. We'll, uh, uh, I don't know what else you got to cover. I know you wanted to talk about Aaron Rodgers playing until he's 40, which I think is very, very likely. Um, very possible. Yeah. Uh, but another guy actually making a case to make the team, uh, undrafted free agent rookie guard Jeff Gray out of Manitoba University. He's a Canadian A. Uh, actually yeah. looking really Yeah, that was the other guy I wanted to yeah, talk about. Yeah, I've heard he actually is looking really good at guard. A guy, Another guy I've never heard of. Uh, but guard is one of those positions that's kind of up for grabs right now. Do you see a guy like Jeff Gray? Undrafted well, out of Manitoba as our next starting guard for the years to come. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't think he's our starting guard this year, but you never know. He, he could get in that conversation. I think at at minimum, based on what we've seen, he's a practice squad guy. Mm-hmm. The uh, the talk is he's off to a great start in camp. He went three and zero in one on one pass blocking, including winning against Clay Matthews. Ooh. 
with Matthew standing up as an inside rusher. That's impressive. So, I mean, anybody, if he's going to notch, notch a win on his belt against anybody, it's going to impress me that he's, you know, one-on-one and wins his matchup with Clay Matthews. As a guard. Yeah. So. Yeah. <clears throat> that's another guy, folks, to keep an eye on. Jeff Gray. Especially at a, especially he's playing at a position uh, with so so much uncertainty right now with TJ Lang leaving. Uh, you know, like like you said, could be a real candidate for uh, practice squad. But there's only you know, there's only what ten spots open on the practice squad, something like that. So yeah, <clears throat> that's the thing about um, having it. About the only other thing from camp to cover. I was just going to say, that's the thing about uh, having a team where you have so many good quality players and so many stars is you're going to miss out on some quality players. You're going to have to lose out on some quality players. And that's, that's, that's the sad part of the off season. Yeah. I mean, that's part of having a, a developmental team, but that's also a thing where you got one less cut down day this Mm -hmm. year. So you got more time to really get a look at these guys. And that's going to be great for a guy like Ted Thompson because he's going to get a lot more of an opportunity to really see some of these picks through deeper into the preseason and make, you know, what could amount to much more educated decisions on who to keep and who to let go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so I like it. I like the the one cut down. I think it's I think it yeah, sucks and, uh, for the players a little bit because it, it it makes it harder for a player to maybe catch on with another team after they get cut? Um. Uh, Yes and no, because everybody's getting cut at the same time. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's like like one big giant pool of players getting released at one time. Instead of just you get your first wave and your second wave. But there's that much more tape on players too. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I'm just thinking more of like when when a player usually if a player gets released in that first wave of cuts they usually make it onto another team and they get to play the next two preseason games, uh, yeah. Try to make that team, um, and if they don't make that team, they got another shot to make another team when they get cut. Maybe get on another team's practice squad. I don't know. It, it seems like one less uh, chance for a, a player to make a team uh, as much as it is. Uh, one more, one extra chance for them to make the team that they uh, started with. So, um, it's different. Uh, it's going to take a little bit of getting used if to. If a guy's got talent, somebody's going to get him. Yeah. But, uh, the other big thumbs up in this camp today goes to Brett Hundley. You know, there hasn't been much talk about him in the first four days of camp. There's not been much that he's really stood out, but the word is that he had a very good practice tonight where he he looked sharp he threw several darts for completions he uh he's one of the he's the one that put the deep ball to michael clark when he jumped over ladarius gunter uh got the ball out fast on a blitz to richard rogers to convert a third down hit trevor davis in tight coverage by clinton Dix. Even hit Max McCaffrey. There you go. And even hit Jeff Janis. So, good God. <laughs> but, Must uh, have been a deep ball. You know, I'm sure he missed a few too, but he, he did look good. 
It was. It said he hit Janice on the same route. There you the go. <laughs> so, well, yeah. Well, let me ask you this about Brad Hundley. If Aaron Rodgers week one goes down at quarterback and he's out for the season, Brad Hundley has to come in and be the starting uh, starting quarterback for the Packers. How many games does he win with this team? Uh, I know we haven't seen much of Hundley. It's it's too early for me to yeah yeah it's too early for me to want to say because we didn't see him all last preseason really I mean I'm gonna have to see him turn in a preseason this year I I want to see how far he's come from what we have seen in the past what little we've seen before I try to really get into uh, get into any kind of predictions going down that road yeah, I'm just curious because um, you know we we both. Really high on on smoking Joe Joe Callahan here on the show. Um, oh yeah, I, don't know. I think it's going to be of interesting course. quarterback competition because I think I think the Packers are high on um, Callahan as well. So, uh, but yeah, I, I'm I'm excited about Hundley. I think if the reason I asked that I, I, we talked about this in a couple episodes back, I think if Aaron Rodgers goes down this year and Hundley gets in, I think he'll play well enough to earn some legit trade talks next season. I don't know if we'll see much in terms of any kind of trade talk unless the Miami Dolphins come calling. What do you think? Brett Hundley, next quarterback of the Dolphins? Hey, hey. <laughs> you, you never know. You never know. I would like to see them trade Hundley and get something in yeah. return as opposed to what happened with uh, Matt Flynn yeah. and get nothing. So I think I think a strong preseason, and you know, God forbid anything happens, to Aaron Rodgers. I think I think Hundley could go in and 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 play pretty well. I think, especially with the team that they got around him, I think the team would make Hundley look way better than he is. And then next year we could trade him away, and we'd have like a a Jimmy oh, yeah. Garoppolo situation, or a or like when Matt Castle went eleven and five with the Patriots, and then uh, went to the Chiefs, and yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Had a good year, one good, good season, and then we moved on. But yeah, I, I just think the Packers are one of those teams that they have they have enough talent around them right now to where they could make a, a quarterback look good, look serviceable, look look wanted. Whereas you know Aaron Rodgers in there, I think we got I think this is a Super Bowl contender team. Um, so oh, definitely. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and speaking about Rodgers. The, the last thing I had really in, in my set of notes was, uh, you know, he, he's made made it known he wants to play till he's 40 at least, and he wants to finish his career with the Packers. You know, he was asked about it. He uh, made it very clear his desire to finish his career. You know, he has no desire to finish his career anywhere but Green Bay. You know, he saw what Brett Favre went through. Uh, he referenced... Joe Montana, Michael Jordan, even Charles Woodson talking about the legacy for those guys and being remembered for multiple mm-hmm. teams. He wants to start and finish with one team. And he believes it's plenty realistic to play until he's 40, you know, with what Tom Brady's doing. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm of two minds on this. I think Brady can play when he's 40 because I think James Jones kind of put it the best the other day. He was on uh, 
uh, I can't remember what show it was. He was debating Heath uh, Heath Evans on who was the better quarterback, Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady. And he says, you know, we'll never see another quarterback like Aaron Rodgers that can do the do what Aaron Rodgers. We haven't seen it since. We haven't seen it before him, and he doesn't think we'll see it after Aaron Rodgers because Aaron Rodgers just he's a different breed. He's a one of a kind. Whereas Tom Brady, we'll probably see another Tom yeah. Brady, a guy who stands in the pocket upright, dump, dumps it down, makes decision calls, protections. You know, I, we may, you know, Tom Brady is his Tom Brady's success isn't dictated by his physical abilities as much as it is his mental abilities and his his will to win, his uh, his desire to win. You know, that burning passion that he has. Um, that's what sets him apart. Aaron Rodgers has yeah. that same desire and burning passion. Uh, I think he, he was even quoted as saying earlier this week that he uh, has a renewed love affair with football. Um, but I, I think Aaron Rodgers is is a physical once in a lifetime specimen. Uh, kind of, you know, kind of in the same way that like a Steve Young or, or a Michael Vick is, uh, but just in a different way. He, he's he's the next level above that. I think. And I think if he wants to play till he's forty, I think he can, um, because I think I, I think I've mentioned, said this on Twitter at one point in response to uh, one of our uh, questions we get from uh, Fraser Robertson. How you doing, Fraser? Um, on whether or not he could play till he was forty, I think he could because I think Aaron Rodgers at fifty percent is still better than ninety nine point nine percent of the other the rest of the league. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, so, I, I think it's possible, and I think if he wants to finish his career in Green Bay, I think he will have every opportunity to do so. Because um, to me, I don't, I don't, I feel like, yeah, I, mean, I feel Aaron like the Rogers, difference between Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre. I feel like the difference w- uh, between those two. I feel like when Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers will know when it's time to hang it up. I think Aaron Rodgers will hang it up a few years before he completely falls apart. You know what I'm saying? Where Favre just loved football. He just I think Aaron Rodgers will also be a little more adaptable. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Favre, I don't think Favre ever really I don't think he ever really was willing to try and adapt his game especially towards the end of his career because he had such a long career. I think he he did what he did and that was going to that you what you saw was what you got. You knew what you got with Brett Favre. You were going to get the risky plays. You were going to get the rocket arm. You were going to get the deep ball. You weren't going to get a lot of check downs. <laughs> you were either going to get a miracle play or a heartbreaking mistake. With Aaron Rodgers, he, he referenced Brady again, and he's said that he's learned from how Brady has approached his late thirties and Rogers will be 34 in December, but he's credited Brady's eating habits, his, uh, his prep routine, you know, his, his talent of course, and his intelligence. And I think these are all things. I, I think Rogers has more arm talent than Brady. Yes. I think he, I think he's as smart as Brady. I mean, I, Aaron Rodgers is one of the smartest quarterbacks mm-hmm. in the league and his preparation is second to none. I think he'll also be more willing and more able to adapt his game to how his body changes as he ages. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Um, I, I think so too. Uh, the thing, the, 
I don't know. I just I've always had this feeling that Aaron Rodgers is just going to be one of those quarterbacks that doesn't hang on too long. Like Brett Favre hung on too long. His final season in the league with the Vikings, he was. Yeah, I mean, I don't he, think he, he was will sad either. to watch. Same with Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning hung on too long. I guess he didn't hang yeah. on too long as he won a Super Bowl his final year. But that final year with with Denver was was pretty bad. When you're getting when you're getting benched for Brock Osweiler, that's that's pretty bad. Uh, your body just breaks down on you at some point. Yeah, well, he got his second Super Bowl ring the same way he got his first Super Bowl <laughs> ring with a dominant defense exactly. and a dominant running game. Um, but I feel like Aaron Rodgers is one of those quarterbacks that will have other interests and want to do other things eventually. And I, I, th- I think, I think he can play till he's forty. Um, I just don't know if he will. I think maybe I don't know. You know what? I think he I think he can and I think as long as he doesn't suffer any kind of catastrophic injury or you know any more, you know, concussion type of deals mm-hmm. or anything like that, I think he'll play till he's 40 and I think if Aaron Rodgers plays till he's 40, he owns most if not all the significant passing records. Oh yeah, I, th- I think some are 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 just gimmies. Like I the the stat where he, if if he throws his 300th touchdown or something like that, he'll he'll be the first quarterback to throw 300 touchdowns and like 60 something interceptions in his career, which has never ever been done. Like every other quarterback has thrown at least like 100 and something. It's, yeah, I think I think he may have 72, yeah, like 72 career interceptions <laughs> to 300 career touchdowns and. The next closest guy was like 197. Yeah, or something it's something like ridiculous. Um, but yeah, I, you know, we also got to remember that he also sat for three years. He did. He wouldn't take in the wear and tear on his body that a lot of a lot of quarterbacks yeah. do from the beginning. He doesn't have the uh... exactly. I saw another interesting stat that I've seen floated around a few times in relation to uh, Brady and Rogers. And that is, in the playoffs, the defenses that have been on the teams Brady has played on have given up an average of like Mm 19.2 points per game and have given up 30 or more points only three times in Brady's career. Aaron Rodgers' defenses in his playoff career have given up an average of just under 27 points a game. Man. And God knows how many times teams have scored more than 30. <laughs> and Rodgers has a better touchdown-to-interception ratio in the playoffs than Brady does, too. But Brady gets the credit for his team's wins. Rodgers gets the blame for his team's losses. That's the nature of playing quarterback. And how many how many games, how many playoff losses can you actually pin on Aaron Rodgers? Maybe the first playoff game he ever played, the I the can't. Arizona game where he fumbled in overtime, should have been a face mask. I, you know what? I don't pin that on Aaron Rodgers because that was a bad call. And really, the defense gave up fifty two points. <laughs> there were there were a lot of bad calls exactly. in that game. Exactly. What else could the dead guy do? I mean, Aaron Rodgers did, and you know what? Aaron Rodgers did everything he could do against an absolute miracle resurgence for yeah. Kurt Warner. That was a ridiculous game. 
I mean, Kurt Warner came out in those playoffs and played like St. Louis Kurt Warner. Our defense played like complete garbage in that game as well, and which was mind-blowing because they had the number one defense in the league that, that year, didn't they? Yeah. So. Yeah. That game was also Jermichael Finley's oh, coming yeah. out party. He he blew everybody away in that game. He had like 142 yards or something oh, like yeah. that. But, uh, and oh yeah, before I forget, I talking on Twitter the other day, I made sure to say, you know, I promised I'd make sure to give a little bit of a shout out to, uh, Twitter account at cheeseheadsbr, our, uh, brothers in cheese from the Southern continent down there in Brazil. Oh, really? So shout out to the Brazilian cheeseheads. Yeah. Are you taking bribes from Twitter followers now for shout outs on the show? If you are, why am I not on this? No, I was uh I was in a conversation with I was in a conversation with Thane, who writes for PTTF. If you want to follow him, his handles at track on pack. But uh you know, there was he was talking about it being a good show and the Tinder segment was great and this all just kinda worked in there, but yeah. Uh, you know, there's there is uh, apparently a good good segment of Packers fans in Brazil. Oh, well, so. that's not surprising. Shout out to you guys in the Southern Hemisphere yeah. down there. I used <laughs> No, not at all. <clears throat> their, their national colors are green and yellow. Yeah. So <clears throat> I had a friend in high school who was a foreign exchange student from Brazil, and I used to ask her all the time. I used to ask her, just to get on her nerves, I used to ask her stupid questions like, did you guys have cars in Brazil? Or did you guys just ride elephants around everywhere? Uh <laughs> <laughs> Good God. <laughs>